Hey guys, welcome back in to The Shack of Sit. We're your hosts. I'm Crystal. And I'm Kayla. Hope you guys are doing good today. Um, we kind of talked about what we were going to discuss on today's episode, and I feel like we're just going to start from the beginning. Taking it all the way back to the 80s and 90s. Right. So, what do you feel like your first, like, childhood memory is? Like, what can you remember, like, the very first memory you ever had? The Mosquito House. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we called it the Mosquito House, I think, because the basement always flooded. And it was moist. Oh, okay. Is this a dream or is this reality? Were we there when there was the tornado warning and we had to go to the basement? Yes, that happened. Okay. You, you remember that? I do remember that. And they we were had a blue couch and it was like velvety. Yeah, and they had, um, like in the basement, not only were there mosquitoes, but you know those mayflies? They were everywhere all over the wall. And I think our washer and dryer was down there, too. I uh, can't We remember. had a Barbie head down there, the kind that you, like, fix up hair. Yeah. I yeah. That. I think my first, my very first memory as a child was probably the first trailer park we lived in before we moved to the Mosquito House. Um, well, I stole Mom and Dad's car and drive, drove it over to the neighbor's house. And then um, the boy across the street, Ben, he would always come over, and he always just had on, like, whitey tighties and cowboy boots, and we would just play outside. He ended up passing away. He got hit by a car at 11 years old. They still lived in that same trailer park, though. I know. That's crazy. But, I mean. I don't remember that house. That house was devastating. Well, I think mom may have been pregnant with you. At that point, I mean, so I'm three years older than Kayla, and when my mom found out she was pregnant, she's like, oh, yeah, we're having a boy. I mean, literally, everybody in my family thought we were having a boy. It was name was going to be Jeremiah James. Jeremiah James. Oh, I'm glad you're not Jeremiah James. I'm glad <laughs> I'm not either. <laughs> and... Then, I mean, I remember Mamaw and Papaw taking me to the hospital to meet you. And I was like, what? Where's my brother? Take that thing back. Yeah, I did. I was like, take that thing back. Like, can you put it back? And I think even at the age of three, I was just so used to being the only child. I was very resentful. And even at that age, my grandparents always had me. Mom didn't, mom never really had me, and dad was always gone. Yeah, but there was a videotape of you walking in the hospital trailer. Yeah. Take that thing back. Like a home video? Yeah. Yeah. My mom still has my first, like, outfit, and it's a boy Mickey Mouse outfit because they had all boy clothes. Yeah, she said that she tried to send dad out to go get girl clothes, but instead he just went to the bar. And I was born on his birthday, so he had already been to the bar the night before for his birthday. Yeah. 
Isn't that crazy? You were born on dad's birthday? Yeah, he was passed out drunk while I was being born. My yeah. mom went into labor with me at Bobby Mackey's bar. The, ha- the Yeah, it's like a haunted bar in Alexandria, Kentucky. Yeah. A lot of people have gone in labor there. Yeah, she was in the bathroom. That's crazy. And then she had to round up dad and his drunk friends like, hey, I'm in labor, y'all. <laughs> My water broke. And they still wanted to go out to eat afterwards, so she took them to Gold Star, and the waitress was like, no, you need to get her to the hospital. Right, especially being your second kid. Yeah, it goes fast. Yeah. I can't believe that he even, I mean, what, I mean, this was back in the 90s, so realistically, I don't know, anything goes in the 90s, I feel like, you know, you can just do anything in your life and blame it on the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, it was the 90s. Yep, that's it. And then I feel like after, I don't know, after we had, after we had you, like I had you or something, um then that's when we moved out of the mosquito house do you remember the people across the street from the mosquito house though no they were well there were two other there was a double white across the street because we lived like in the country this was like gallatin county that's where the mosquito house was so there were um tommy and missy across the street and then there was like charlotte and roger oh those people yeah yeah i remember them i didn't remember they were across the and they were like hardcore Pentecostal, Pentecostalans. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a word? And I remember like we would go over there and mom and dad would play cards and stuff, but they would all disappear. So I don't know if they were really into Pentecostal or if they just, that was like an act, but their kids, and, that, and that's when dad just started to not let us cut our hair and stuff because their kids weren't allowed to cut their hair. My dad, like he jumped on the bandwagon for that. He's like, oh yeah. But I think, I don't know. Because we weren't fully, like, into wearing the skirts and stuff. So I think mom was like, we'll do hair trimming. We're not going to go all out. Right. Which, I mean, we would never really be able to go all out anyway because, I mean. We yeah. did other things. Right. What no religion would accept. Yeah, exactly. And then after that, we moved into, Mamma and Papa ended up putting another trailer we moved like into not the city necessarily, but like the suburbs. And Mamma wanted us to go to a better school. So we moved into a trailer park. I guess you could say it was like a nicer trailer. And Mamma and Papa put that trailer in their name. It was nice to us. We didn't know that we were poor. Oh, yeah. We had no idea that we were poor. I went to a birthday party in elementary school. And I'm like, you have. You know, like, it was an in-ground pool party, and everyone's like, this is great. And I'm inside playing in the basement with all the kids' toys. And they're like, don't you want to come swimming? And I'm like, no. He has every toy imaginable. <laughs> and they probably thought I was just a weird kid, but I'm just like, I have never seen all of this. Right. I don't even care about the pool. Right. Look at this White House. It looks like the White House to me. It was huge. It was a mansion. Yeah, because we did go to – the weird thing is, is, like, we lived in a trailer park, like – we were the poorest of the poor, but the school district that we went to was in Villa Hills. So all of the people in the surrounding area were like filthy rich and not just like mediocre middle class. Like they were in a completely different tax bracket. We're doctors. Right. And I remember in fifth grade, I had to go shop with a cop. Dude. And only poor people get to go shop with a cop, you know? But I had no idea that I was even 
poor because, well, mom never told us about our finances, and mamaw always made sure that we had everything that we needed, all of our necessities. And I yeah. think Tracy really made sure that we had, like, up-to-date, stylish clothes. Yeah, we never really knew. I didn't realize we were poor until way later in life. elementary school teacher, she was obsessed with us, and now I look back, and I'm like, well, she was obsessed with us, because she knew we didn't have a lot. She felt sorry for us. Yeah. We had the same teacher. I had her for first and second grade, and then Kayla had her for first and second grade, didn't you? I had her for... I don't remember. Shout out to Mrs. Eric. I feel like I had her for kindergarten, first grade, and then mom called me back, so I had her for first grade again, or maybe it was first and second grade. I had her for first grade, second grade, second grade again. Then we moved. Then I went to Yale. Yeah. Yeah. She used to be Miss Bre Miss Freeman. For you, and then she became Miss Eric. Yeah. And she was such a, I mean, if there is the epitome of a wonderful teacher. I mean, passionate. Yes, passion. So passionate. She was young, but so passionate about her job and made us always feel important. Yeah, she was such a great human. I, I mean, she even kept in contact with us, I think, until I was in eighth grade. She took us. Do you remember her taking us out to lunch that time? At the diner? Yeah. yeah. And then I saw her years later. Remember at the diner, we asked if she had ever had kids. And she said, no, probably not. And then years later, I saw her when I was working at Babies R Us. And she came in there, and she has kids with her. And I said, these kids are these. Mm -hmm. And she said, they're mine. And I was so excited that she had kids. Yeah, she married a scientist. That's where she got the name Zurich. She came into our class. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. So, I mean, she never treated us like we were poor either. Nobody did, which is kind of cool because I feel like nowadays. When you go to an uppity school, they're going to be like, oh, you're poor. There, you're going to get bullied. But so I can say that. We didn't. I got invited to all the birthday parties. Right. No one was ever like, oh, that girl. Right, and then now looking back, it's like, were they really not, you know, judging us, or did they just feel fucking sorry for us? Yeah, was it like behind closed doors, and they're like, oh, those kids. Yeah, should Invite we invite that little poor girl? Right. And <laughs> so Do we you remember my preschool picture. Yeah, that I was looked poor. <laughs> you definitely did. Yeah, definitely. I don't know what you had been through that morning. Um, I was very upset because my routine was not the same because Miss Derrick was not at school. And they told me to smile. And I had been crying all morning because, no, my teacher isn't here. I can't smile. <laughs> yeah, so upset. Your hair was definitely just shit that day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I my remember. My little lonely, sad face. Maybe we should make that the picture for the podcast. It was like a precious moment, sad doll. Yeah. At the front of the picture for the podcast, <laughs> so that people can find us. <laughs> be like it's that girl. Yeah, it's that girl. She's that girl. Yeah, we moved into that trailer park when I was like six. Yeah. That was the most impressionable time I feel like, of both of our lives. It was the big part because I've even said in high school, you know, like I would go back, but I wouldn't go back there because it was a trailer park or because it was Disneyland. It was the memories I had and how I felt. 
Yeah, the 90s, I feel like a lot of people agree with me. They will agree with me when I say this. Like, the 90s, it was just a different time. I mean, the music, the clothes, the toys, the people, just even, like, the aromas in the air, it was just so different. The 90s were just fucking great. I don't think people judge people harshly like they do now. Right. I agree. And then... I mean, we stayed there for six years, six and a half years. And we never saw our parents really fight. No. Dad just fought possums on the ground. Oh, my God. Yeah. We had possums in this trailer, you guys. I'm telling you. It was like coming. they were coming up. You could see them in the vents of the floor. And my dad, being my dad, with a little bit of, like, Frank Gallagher and Joe Dirt, I don't know if you can imagine that, had this, like, bow and arrow, but he just had the arrow in his hand. And he was using it like a spear. Yeah, to try to kill these possums. Do you remember that time he put that possum in the um, garbage can outside and tried to drown it for, like, three days, and it still just would not die? No. Yeah. I don't know why he did that, though. I just, I don't understand why he didn't just, like, hit it over the head with a shovel and take it he literally left this garbage can outside the, in the front yard of the trailer welcome to our trailer right like what the fuck man the things but our childhood for the most part because I think you guys want to know this is like it was unstable and at sometimes unpredictable I feel like our mom and dad never really let us in on anything. They never really told us, like, the next move or the next plan or, you know. My grandmother, she really taught us our life skills. My mom never really did. She never – she wasn't the type of mom to sit on the floor and play with us or hug us or show us affection. She was really always on the phone. And I know that she was working and she was a young mom. And I feel like for me specifically – getting pregnant with me at 15, having me, or maybe she was pregnant at 14. I don't remember and had me at 15. I can't really recall. Either way, she had me so young. And I feel like this part isn't her fault. We just didn't have a bond. And then three years later, she had my sister. We never really had that mother-daughter bond from the time I was born. You know? Unfortunately, dad was a big kid and feel like for both of us, their whole relationship was her parenting him. Where are you at? Why aren't you home? What are you doing? Yeah, and I feel, well, if you look back on dad's childhood, he never really had parents, you know? I mean, Papa Frank left. Grandma Joyce left abandoned him at six literally just in the house left him in the house and they had to eat like out of cans they had to eat canned you know canned goods and then Papa Frank finally came to pick him up and Aunt Kim said that she remembers which is my dad's sister my grandmother Joyce had two sets of twins my dad and Denise Dennis and Denise and then Kim and Jeff same mom different dad and so Kim said that she remembers dropping Denise and Dennis, my dad, off at Papa Frank's and driving. 
and then driving away and looking in the back window like, man, I hope I get to see them again. Like, when is the next time I'm going to get to see them, you know? And she got to stay with Grandma Joyce. So, I mean, if you think about it, and could you imagine being raised by Papa Frank? Hell no. <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> he used to just smoke cigarettes that had no filter and just go around spitting tobacco, and he was racist, so... If you could put that together. He wore a flannel every single day with a big belt buckle that had, like, a horse face on it or something or another. Cowboy boots. And he really just didn't give a fuck what anybody thought, which I guess was kind of good. But he wasn't really parenting my father because he was an alcoholic. So I think that mom was parenting him because he had never had parents, you know? But obviously, we were so young, we didn't see those kind of things, you know, then. Yeah, he really was. And I don't know. I feel like once we were all settled, so our parents were together since they were four. Well, my mom was 14, and my dad was I think 22. something around that. He was in his 20s. And here's the crazy thing. They didn't get married until I was eight years old. So I had the last name, Blake. We both did at the at birth. And then at eight and at five, all of a sudden they come to us and they're like, by the way, we're getting married at the Justice of the Peace and uh, we're going to change your guys' last name to Frost. We were fucking devastated. We were sitting on the bedroom floor bawling our eyes out. Please don't do that. We're going to get made fun of. Yeah, definitely. We thought, oh, my God, everybody's going to call us Jack Frost, Frosty the Snowman. And they did. Yeah, they did. And Thanks a lot, Troy. I remember you, you little redhead, calling me Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> fuck you, Troy. <laughs> and moms did not give a fuck. She disregarded all of our feelings, all of our emotions. She did not console us. She did not try to explain to us even remotely why this was happening and why all of a sudden they were deciding to get married after fucking nine, ten years. Like, it was just... I was just like, oh, here. Bam. Yeah. We're dressed up in flower dresses. The ugliest sunflower dresses you'd ever seen. With our big old bangs. Ooh, yeah. Them fucking double feather bangs. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Stacks on stacks. Stacks on stacks, baby. They were, man. And then you had the flattest hair next to it. Or she'd throw that bitch up in a in a ponytail. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The highest ponytail with them fucking feathered bangs, man. And I'm, it's like, whew, any higher. She's like, the closer to heaven, you know. The higher the bangs, the closer to heaven. Well, I think Grandma said that, but mom you know she just would it was the style oh yeah I don't know how many times she'd just back brush them bitches you know tease and tease and tease and aquanet 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 especially in cheerleading oh my god yeah but I don't know then after they got married I mean like I said even at a young age I never remember them fighting I never remember our house being like chaotic necessarily but there we, were things that were wrong, like going to bed at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, for sure. My mom ended up getting a job working thir- third shift. 
and then you remember that at Mazak? Yeah. And dad, dad would unhinged. Unfucking hinged. Like he came home and immediately after we got out of school, mom would already be gone, like getting ready to, you know, she had to go into work, work third shift. He would immediately just like put us to bed. He wouldn't, sometimes he would feed us dinner or mom would already have us something made. But he would just basically make us go to our rooms and kids would still be playing outside. We didn't do our homework. We got in trouble for that. And I remember we, we would always sleep in my room with him looking outside between the blinds riding their bikes and just like talking to each other like can you please ask if they're not going to do that yeah I remember that too they'd be playing like hopscotch and four square and I mean sun just you know bright as ever fucking summer in the 90s and we had to go to bed excuse me go to bed I don't understand it and I don't know if it's because dad was so overwhelmed and just didn't know how to parent us alone or if it was because he just wanted to get high, you know, smoke some marijuana and read the Bible. Play Nintendo 64. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was a wild time. And then we didn't find this out until, like, I don't know, a few years later. Well, we didn't really – we found it out, but we didn't really put it together our mom was just having an affair that whole entire time that she was supposedly working third shift. I mean, she was working third shift, but, you know, she had two jobs, one at Mazak and then sleeping around with the men that work there. Surprise, you're going to have a brother. Don't tell your dad. Yeah. Hey, dad, guess what? We're going to have a brother. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. We thought that when my mom got pregnant, she was three months pregnant, you know, three months. Like, we came home to the trailer you know we're in this trailer park at this point we moved into this trailer at six years old and three Kayla was three and so at 12 and nine we get off the bus come home and our dad is just packing shit I'm talking like in this big white diesel truck I can still remember the smell of this truck it just had a smell of just dust cigarettes mud and diesel and he had the backpack, and he was crying. So we knew something was wrong, and we were like, what the fuck is going on? Because there weren't any, like, signs. There weren't any tall tale signs. Nobody spoke to us about anything. And he was like, I'm going to go stay at Papa Frank's for a little while. And then my mom said the same thing, and little did we know that she was three months pregnant, which she didn't say that. She just told us that she had a secret to tell us and that we can't tell our dad she was pregnant so we both went she Kayla told dad first on a separate occasion and then I went and told dad because we thought that she was pregnant by our dad <laughs> we thought we were having yeah, a brother I was like oh we're having a boy I thought we were having a boy yeah especially since dad always wanted a son so oh my gosh and then the first weekend well let me backtrack here so after she tells us that she's pregnant and my dad's leaving, literally same day, right? Dad's telling us he's leaving. We give him hugs and kisses. He leaves in his big-ass white diesel truck. We go inside. Mom's backed into the corner of the kitchen, like, by the counter. 
tells us about her being pregnant. The next morning, she wakes up. No, she doesn't even wake me up. I wake up on my own for school. I'm in fifth grade, mind you. And I go into the living room. And she's, like, slow dancing in the middle of the living room with a stranger. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? She's like, oh, hey, good morning. This is my friend Doug. And I'm like, what? And they're dancing to Aerosmith. Like, I will never forget it. And that's why I fucking hate Aerosmith. I'm sorry. Sorry, Aerosmith. Yeah, nothing against you, but damn. I don't remember that. I have never heard of them. Yeah. And then from then on, that stranger was now, it wasn't a stranger to her because she had been having an affair with this guy for X amount of time. I mean, for goddamn sake, she was already three months pregnant. So at least <laughs> three months. And so we decided, okay, now he's in the picture for good. So the first time that I went over to dad's house that weekend, still to this day, you know, I'm 36 years old, still to this day, I have never in my life seen a grown man cry like that. I mean, he was absolutely devastated, sobbing, snot, sitting on in the TV room at Papa Frank's house on those old, I know you guys remember these, those old-ass brown and yellow floral-looking floral couches with the wood that smell like cigarette smoke. I know one, somebody in your family had to have one. And he was sitting on that just with his hands in his lap, just sobbing, talking, you know, like, why would your mom do this to me? You know, because there's a multitude of ways that she could have left. She didn't have to get pregnant to do it. Damn. And I was only 12, so I didn't really know how to, like, comfort him. I didn't know how to make this situation better so that I think that was one of the most devastating times as a 12 year old in my life that I re actually realized like that you had to do this on your own yeah and where I, I actually felt like a great deal of sadness in my heart you know like not just because I lost a CD like my Hanson CD or Will Smith CD or whatever, or I lost just that, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog on Sega. All my pogs are gone. Yeah, fuck, my, I lost my slammers. It was actually, I knew it was serious. And my big ass mouth probably didn't make the situation any better, but we, and I think that's one of the reasons that you mom. said things like just so bluntly, so you're probably like, yep, my mom's pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I was going over there telling him every single thing that was going on in the house. Like, well, that man's moved in now. That man, mom's pregnant. That man's moved in. He doesn't want to pay any bills. You were older than me, so you remember so much more of that. Right. And I know I didn't make the situation any better, and I know mom probably didn't want me to tell, but I think that's one of the biggest reasons that mom blamed our dad for not wanting to have anything to do with us, but I think on many occasions she kept us from him so that we didn't go and tell her life. Well, I do remember being young and feeling overwhelmed between going back and forth in both households 
going like, each time we would come home, they both would be like, what happened over there? What happened over there? But then also both be like, don't say what happens over here. And I remember feeling like such a weight on my shoulders as a kid of upsetting somebody. Yeah. I remember it more so towards mom asking like, did your dad take you anywhere? Did he feed you? Did he babe you? Did he, you know, typical mother things I think that you really worry about. But she was the, she was one to more like hound us about that. Dad, I feel like he was just so hurt by the entire situation that like a piece of him wanted to know, but the other piece was just like, fuck her, fuck this. And I think he still had hope like held hope for a while that they would actually like get back together considering that they had been together for so long but once he found out she was pregnant I think it really like that settled in yeah and he was like wow there's no going back yeah you can't really take that back whole ass baby and shit and then we didn't really see dad for I mean, I don't know, maybe a year we stayed going over there. Right. Dad was kind of like, well, he was, he was doing drugs and drinking a lot more. And now that I'm older, and obviously a drug addict myself, I see the reasons and I can view it from his perspective. He was trying to fill a void and feel numb. Yeah, feel no numb. Emotions. Yeah, completely feel numb from all of it. I would want to, too, though. I mean, his whole life, literally, like, his entire, his house. And the only reason mom could kick him out of the trailer was because it was in Mamma and Papa's name. Even though he had lived there for six and a half years, too. And then we ended up having to move out of the trailer anyway because it was in my grandparents' name. And my grandparents ended up going to my mom and saying, hey, if Doug, you know, the stranger man that moved in, if he isn't going to help you pay any bills here because he still lived with his mom out in Alexandria. Do you remember that? Yeah. And so Mamma went to my mom and was like, hey, like, he's not going to help you pay any bills and then like he can't stay here you just need to be a single mom and like you know work and take care of these kids and she decided no like he didn't want to pay any bills there and I assume this is what I've heard you know from people I just you know I don't want to make it 100% fact but he didn't want to pay any bills there or live there because he didn't want to live in another man's house well you didn't mind taking another man's wife Right, girl. Right. Another man. Another man's coochie. That's just crazy. But dad wasn't trying to do that. No. Absolutely. I just wish we would have stayed more shielded. I was one who tried to keep it. You could do it for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And after mom, how long ago did it again? When he had cancer. Yeah, well, see, he was addicted to other things. Like, he was really drinking heavily after mom. I don't really know 
the drugs that he was doing to say to name you know what I mean like I can't say for sure but when he had cancer he had stage four throat and mouth cancer and we thought like this is it and they gave him oxycontin and that's when he became addicted to that and he even told us like I'm not doing drugs ever again and didn't realize that after the cancer he was already in it he was already addicted to something completely different than anything that he had been uh, doing before And then he, I'm, I'm so thankful for my dad, though. I mean, even though he has his addictions and we've all made mistakes, you know, every person in our, in our entire family, everybody in the world, right? My dad is, like, one of the most amazing souls that I've ever encountered in my life, like, he might not be the smartest crown or the brightest crown in the box, you know, and the sharpest tool in the shed or the smartest individual, but he is by far the most down-to-earth, hilarious fucking humans that I've ever met. And I'm thankful. Like, I wouldn't choose anybody else to be my dad. Yeah. You know? He could be sober now. Yeah. Like, I wish that he could do the dad thing and he could be around like our kids and stuff but like other than that I just I still wouldn't choose another dad you know mom on the other hand like I yearned for a mom a mother relationship but well dad's more down to earth and I just think part of the relationship I feel that you should do it for anybody Right, I agree. And I think that once mom got with Doug and she just completely, like, lost all sense of reality. And then, I mean, maybe it was even before that. I don't really know. But basically nothing else mattered but that man and I think that he liked it that way yeah we ended up going to mammals a lot without her Doug or the baby which was our brother now Zach and then we lived there when Zach was a baby baby and then you Zach mom Doug moved out and let not you but mom left me there with mammal and you guys went back and lived with Doug's mom yeah and we would drive every day from there all the way to mammal and I would go to you every day yeah for school all the while I didn't have a bedroom at Mammal's, you know? So I was sleeping in Jade's bedroom. 
and you were sleeping on the couch at Joyce's. Doug's mom's name's Joyce, too. My dad's mom's name's Joyce, and Doug's mom's name's Joyce, too. So may they both rest in peace, but, um, yeah, so Kayla was sleeping on the couch over at Joyce's house, and fuck, like, mom just kept us separated. It was really weird, and we didn't really see each other. Well, especially because through all the things, like going to bed at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, we were together, not just together in the same house, together in the same room, talking back and forth as best friends. Yeah, I never even really thought about that's it like when that. It was a difference between us because that's when you started rebelling, and that's when I went silent. Yeah, hermit. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of people thought that you were just shy, and that's why I think that's one of the biggest reasons that we started this podcast. You know, is because it's kind of like. How can you be sisters with the same parents and for the majority of the, your life grow up like, well, like, you know, the molding ages of your life grow up in the same household and just be completely different human beings? Your experience was not the same. No. No. If anybody would have asked us and set us down in two separate rooms, you would never know that we lived in the same household. As we talk about it, we're coming to our own self-realization of different things that we've experienced over the time. Right. I definitely received a lot more ass whippings. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> we had this paddle. My dad was a garbage man before he became a welder, and he found this paddle and it's, it was fucking huge and thick and had, like, holes in it. And it said OUCH on it and permanent marker, O-U-C-H, all capital letters and then an exclamation point at the end. And I'd hide that motherfucker every chance I had, every chance I got, every time I'd hide it. I really wasn't a very, I didn't find very good hiding spots because then if I hid it and they found it, I got my ass beat with it. Ooh, fuck. Oh, my, ouch, for sure. And... There came a point in time where I was getting ass whippings, like, for no reason. And I say no reason now because then they made it seem like, they justified it, made it seem like it was a reason, but I don't know. Now I'm like, that was really not a reason to bust my ass. And then, you know, like, I lived with Mam all that, you know, after we all separated and you lived at Joyce's mom, at Doug's mom's, and then I lived with Mam all. They ended up buying a house. And Visalia, out in the middle of fucking nowhere. And um, huge gray house. It was old as fuck. It used to be, like, it had, like, underground railroad ties and had, um, like, sliding doors that went into the walls because they used it years before that for a funeral home. Yeah, the pocket door. It had, like, three fireplaces or some shit. It had Brady Bunch countertops. They were orange. It was the ugliest shit. Gosh, ugly as dirt like I just stone basement oh yeah you couldn't even go in the basement I don't even know what was it was I never would I think there was like only steps in our 
Yeah, it was no thank you. Literally, like fuck that. And then I was fourteen at that house. Thirteen, fourteen. I turned fourteen, so I only lived with Mama for about a year, year and a half. And then we were all supposed to just move into this house and everything be okay. But the thing about our family, the biggest thing is that we all like to do shit and then sweep it under the rug like this we big. We got the biggest fucking rug in America. I swear to you, it's the, if you can imagine the biggest rug you've ever seen in your life. It's pr- all the family. Yeah, the shit that we just don't talk about, the shit that we ignore. And the shit that we stay away from we're never to speak of and so when we moved back when I moved back in with you guys it was like fuck Wait, you're gonna sit here and tell me this didn't happen right but we also went from we lost our dad we lost a piece of our mom because she wasn't the mom that we had because she came out pregnant and with this other guy and we lost each other well and we lost when we moved from that trailer we lost our cat. We lost our animals. We lost like our animals, our toys. Everything. Mom left our cat there, and when we went back for her, and I remember Kayla and I both, like, begging Mom to go back and get Minnie. We, her, her name was Minnie. She's an all-black cat. Smartest cat we've ever had still to this day. When we went back for her, she was fucking gone. Like, I don't know if she had been picked up or if maybe she was dead. Fuck, we don't yeah, know. so that was a lot of stuff or express like not only did we not have a chance to process it but we never were able to express our emotions or how we you know how we even felt about each individual situation and that's a lot of shit especially for children whose brains haven't even fucking finished developing you know yeah it was a lot at once (laughs) yeah and then when I moved back in with you guys that's when like the real, I feel like the real abuse started. It was more verbal from Doug and Mom. It was a lot of verbal abuse in our household. My mom yelled a lot. Like, she was a screamer. And we were okay with that part of it. Like, I mean, she yelled about everything. Like, there was nothing that she didn't. That's just how she communicated. Even though it wasn't healthy, we didn't really have an issue with yeah, that. Yeah, but it wasn't like at that age she was yelling, like, at us like you dumb bitches nothing like that it was just like who left the dishes out who did this you right know? crystal yeah like come do come do your fucking dish but it wasn't anything in an abusive manner or like it was maybe the way it came across but it wasn't the words weren't harsh they weren't like you're a dumbass or you yeah. know no name calling or anything and then you were still quiet then. We were very shut off from each other, and I think it's because we had been separated from each other for so long. I no longer really – I tried to sleep with you, you know, in your bed. Not like that, but, you know, I don't want anybody to get the wrong fucking idea here. And then – She was a scaredy cat, so she always liked to sleep in my bed with me. I wasn't afraid. No, she would fucking close – turn off all the lights and watch scary movies. I'd like watch Michael Myers and then be like, all right, good night. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, can I sleep with you? Hey, wait, can we not watch this? Can we watch Friends or something? Right. Because I was like scared to death. I'm like, please turn on Mama's house. Do you remember that show? Yeah, I love that show. 
just checking up and let them stay on a little bit of a cliffhanger to see how the King Lake ends up. I agree. And, um, you know, we, we wanted to start this off by... Sorry, I just hit my elbow. <laughs> the funny bone. We wanted to start this off by kind of going through our lives and giving you guys an idea of where we came from and where we've been. What molded us? Yeah, before we just kind of jumped into, like, where we're at in life right now, you know? So we're kind of going to get through, like, the nitty-gritty parts of our lives, and hopefully some people can relate. Like, maybe, damn, like, I wasn't the only one that was verbally abused. I wasn't the only one separated from my siblings. I was told... Every family acts like this. Yeah. And you have to accept it. Every family sweeps everything under the rug. Every family isn't allowed to process. And you just go to Christmas and you can't talk about so-and-so or what hurt your feelings or why they did this. You just go there and smile. And pretend everything is okay. And, you know, if, if there's some of you that can relate, then, you know, go ahead and send us a message. We both have TikToks. Mine's at Truly Crystal Turner. I don't remember what mine is. Just look up Kayla Blake. <laughs> and, um, you know, if you guys ever need to chat or, you know, you just need somebody to listen to, you speak, go ahead, hit us up. And, you know, we hope that you stay tuned and have a great weekend. Have an amazing weekend. Thanks for tuning in. Love ya.